Yassis, and welcome to the Greece Travel Secrets podcast. Your host is the founder of the Greece Travel Secrets website, Sandy Pappas, and she's joined by a variety of guests covering all sorts of topics about visiting Greece and making the most of your Greek odyssey. Welcome back to the Greece Travel Secrets podcast. And on this episode, I'm joined with the lovely Sophia Werning, who's coming to us from Lincoln, Nebraska. Lincoln, Nebraska. And we're going to be talking about Naxos because that is actually where Sophia's um, mother was from. And she has a lot of um, fantastic connections to the to this wonderful island that, as you know, we just visited again ourselves. So thank you, Sophia, for joining me today. It's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. Thank you. So firstly, let's talk about your connection. So I know that your mum is from Naxos. Do you still have family there or, or what's what's the situation? Yes. So actually, both of my parents are of Naxian descent and they actually met and married in 1962 on the island my father, however, was, he was born in the U.S. after his father and mother immigrated after the turn of the century, but he grew up in Greece. And so he uh. was in Naxos in Greece. And uh, when World War II broke out, he had to come back to the States to be drafted into the war as an army soldier. So they called him Tack the Greek, Petros the Greek, because he spoke only Greek, but he was a U.S. soldier in Patton's army, and he and his brother. But um, many years later, he was kind of an eternal bachelor kind of guy. He was uh, in his early hmm. 40s and unmarried. So his family took him to Greece and went back to Naxos, where all of our family is from. The legend is, he says, you know, I I went to Naxos, I went to Apirinthos, uh, the village of our ancestors. I went drinking with a bunch of my buddies and woke up engaged to your mother. So that is how the story goes. <laughs> and so um, he brought back his Naxian uh, bride. She was in her late 30s. So they were kind of, you know, for their generation, a little bit older. I was born in Washington, D.C. metro area, along with my sister, and uh, grow, grew up all things Noxian. I mean, not just being a Greek American, but we actually had a Noxian society in D.C. that would meet wow. a couple times a year. We would have a big picnic and then a, another mm. sort of holiday dinner and mm. people that were Noxian Greeks, because there are a lot of Greeks in cities on the East Coast in particular, uh, but mm. we kind of got with our clan of just the Noxians. Uh, I remember as a child and all growing up at least a couple of times a year. Those are my ties. And yes, I do have family. A lot of our family lives in Athens, but they also have homes on the island and in particular the village of Apirinthos, and we'll talk about that a little later, a highlight and must visit uh, for everyone we that will. visits. So, yep. I, I completely agree. Um, your dad sounds like 
quite a character. And actually, that's a yeah. very similar story to how John's parents met too. And I think we talked about that once, but he they did meet in Australia, but he got off a boat that he was working on and got drunk and then ended up um, getting mar- married to John's mother. So, And there was yeah, some, there was some weird Greek, weirdness too with it back in the day, you know, especially because my mom was older. So there was some weirdness about her age and, you know, they're trying to, the families are trying to get them together. And he used to say, you know, when I married your mom, uh, I was 10 years older than her. Now we're about the same age. So it was just like maybe they, there was some, you know, maybe they didn't tell him, like, you know, maybe that she was younger than she really was. So anyway, so yeah, it was those, those little, little, uh, I call them fiblets that, you know, get told. So. <laughs> so Sophia, your mum, sadly, I think, passed mm-hmm. away this yeah. year. Yeah, she oh, passed in sh- Obviously April. a shame. Mm-hmm. She was 92. Yeah. And I have wow. and the other connection, and I, I really, uh, I can't especially attribute to my mom, but uh, to let you know, uh, and, and my tie to Noxus to this day and all of our family because of my mom's gift to us. But, you know, she was a masterclass seamstress and she started her own business when she was only 16. This was many years before she met my dad and got married and came to the States. And she even mentored and taught young women to sew. Um, She was a seventh of eight children. In those days, you know, women would marry young and then they would get a dowry to the groom. And my mom's like, I don't need no man. You know, she, mm, she didn't mm. care for the suitors that her, her family wanted her to have. So she actually moved to Athens and worked out of a, of a little closet and, and sent money home to her dad, to the village of Apiranthos. And he, you know, and just kept sending money home. And she was the first woman in her village of Apiranthos to buy a single woman to purchase her own mm. home in the village. And then years Mm. later, fast forward, when I was in high school, we were growing up in Maryland, DC. She uh, sold that house in the village and purchased a parcel of land at where now is the main tourist area of the Chora and the main town near the beach, near the port, because she knew it was up and coming. She was a brilliant businesswoman in her time. She, She was uneducated as far as formally educated, but um, so she purchased this property, built a, a building of condos, rented them out, had this condo. And now we've inherited that from my mom. Our family now can go and stay there and mm. live there. It's fully you know, owned. And then we can just explore Greece. And that was my mom's legacy she wanted to give to her children and grandchildren. So I had to mm. honor her memory for that. Mm. She was a pioneer and a rebel. And I I have a little bit of that in me too. (laughs) They both sound like real characters, but yeah, what a great legacy to have left behind. Um, So I guess growing up, did you all go back to Naxos all the time? Like it was an annual sort of adventure or? That's a great question. So we, when we were growing up and we went to Greece, uh, we went about probably every other summer, but we stayed in Athens with our family because at the time my mom did not have 
her home in the Chora that, you know, when we were growing up, mm. she had this little village, you know, in Apirantos, mm. but we mm. wouldn't go to the island. Uh, but so we got to explore mm. all of Athens and we would always stay with our relatives that live in Athens and our relatives that live there also have, you know, homes in Apirantos or other parts of Greece. Um, but it wasn't until later that we got to start to visiting Naxos. And then as an adult, uh, with, you know, rate, you know how it is raising children. My husband and I had four children and they were in private Catholic schools and, you know, in sports. Mm -hmm. And so we didn't have, a. it was very expensive to get over there, but we started, we, we took mm -hmm. the kids over uh, a couple of times, but it hasn't been since 2017. We went with our three grown children at the time. And I remember we're laying on the beach, Sandy at St. George beach. And you know, our kids now, we don't have to watch them in the water. They're, they're teenagers and 20 mm. somethings and they're mm. gone. And, and we're laying on the beach and I've got my glass of wine and, you know, just looking at the sea. And, and I looked at Joe and I said, what's wrong with us? Like, why aren't we coming here every year? And he's like, I oh, know. Yep. And then that was it. Yep. We just said, we're going it and, and we'll cut out all other kinds of things if it means being able to come every year. So yeah. yeah. So and that's our that's yeah. our well, I think you know we can we can relate to that too. I think <laughs> I dragged I dragged John all over the world. I think we've been to 50 countries or something. And um a couple of years ago he said to me, Honey, <laughs> he says, I just want to go to Greece. <laughs> so although our next trip I just booked and guess what? We're going to Portugal as well. So, <laughs> so bad luck. Um, but yeah, for him, it's, it's very similar and I feel the same. I think you get to an age as well where, uh, you'd rather do it more slowly and just truly go back to the places that you love the most. And, um, yeah, cause how, how long have we got left? Who knows? Yes. That's true. So getting away from that morbid topic in terms of Naxos, I guess, you know, we haven't got a long time to, to chat and we could probably talk about it for, for days on end. But let's talk about, well, firstly, this is an island that I believe has got something for everybody. I think it's an island that is particularly good for families because it does have a lot of very calm, safe, shallow, wide beaches. And you just mentioned one of them being St. George Beach. Um, but it's great for adventurers because it's so big. There's lots of great hiking. There's, you know, history, archaeology. There's so many things to see and do on, do on this island. So I guess I want to ask you what you think the top sort of five things might be. What are the highlights? Yeah, and I would concur with everything uh, that you said. It, they're really, it, it really offers something for everyone uh, and of all ages, So, which eloquently describe. But so my goodness, there's so much, uh, but it's important for your listeners to know it, that Naxos is, is, is the largest and most fertile island of the Kiklada. So, so, oh my gosh, it is a culinary, you know, a, a place which is for any foodie, it's amazing. Um, it's a diamond because they grow. They grow yes, a lot there, right? Yes, it's a self-sustaining right? so, island. Um, uh, as far yeah. as uh, the, you know, it's a destination if you really want to experience authentic Greece, and that's just not just for um, 
the food and the beaches, and but it's the people as well. They've lived on the island for centuries. It's very rich in agricultural production that sets it apart, certainly in the Cycladic. Uh, Cycladic mm. islands mm. or Cycladas. Um, the inland valleys are covered uh, with fruit trees of every kind, vegetation. There are goats and cattle roaming everywhere if you go up into the villages. And it's really known for many, there's some really special parts of their agriculture that they're known for. One of them is their mm. cheese and dairy production. They actually produce 14 mm -hmm. to 15% of the dairy for all of Greece, this one little island there in the center of the Cycladus. And they're known for their amazing cheese. Let's not forget the Noxian potato. And the Noxian mm. potato is so famous <clears throat> that there's actually a festival every year in August, uh, if you're lucky to be there at mm -hmm. that time, to celebrate that. And if you're uh, eating anything from a kleftiko, which, which is a... Uh, a casserole that is wrapped in it. Kleptiko means um, actually means Sto stolen. stolen. And I don't know if you yep. know the history of that, but it comes from a in the Ottoman era. There was a bandit group of uh, Greeks called the Kleftas, and they mm -hmm. resisted Ottoman rule and fought with the Ottomans. But they didn't have their own cattle and livestock, so they would they would steal you know, lambs and goats, but they would, they would bake them underneath the, you know, the ground and, 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 and wrap them so mm. that they wouldn't see the smoke mm. coming up when they were mm. cooking them. So mm. that's where a kleptos mm. or kleptikos mm. comes from. But if you've had the best mm. kleptiko in Naxos, you can thank the Noxian potato. And that's what, you know, it's in everything. Mm. Or Absolutely. if you're going and grabbing a gyro with the fries and you're know, like, it's a cut above any gyro that I've had on a Greek island, you can thank the Noxian potato. Well, and and they're in the Guinness Book of Records for the potatoes. So what, yes. they had the biggest fry up of potato chips ever in the world about, I don't know, five years ago or something, and then the record still stands. So that's quite an achievement, certainly an unusual one. And just while we're talking about potatoes, so we discovered only this year, I don't know why it took me so long, the Naxian potato salad. Now, mm. all over Greece, of course, there is Greek salad or uh, horiataki, as you, as you know, um, and there's variations of that. Some people put in bell peppers. Some people put in seaweed these days. But in Naxos, they've got this Naxian potato salad. And, oh, my God, we had one this year for lunch down on uh, Agios, George's Beach. And I'm trying to remember the name of the taverna because I don't, I don't think the taverna is particularly amazing. Manolo, Manolo Taverna. We went all over Naxos trying to get a better potato salad and we could not find a better one anywhere. They make the best one on the island, in my opinion. Anyway, I digress. And the cheeses. Can we talk? <laughs> it, it is a cheese lover's yeah, paradise. So cheese. some of the, and to make note, the so the Naxian Graviera, and it is, so Gruyere, you hear about Gruyere, but it's it's very distinct. The Noxian is well known and it's exported to all of Greece. But there are my favorite um, to try. And honestly, when I was a little girl and going to Greece, there is a cheese called Xenotiro. 
Xeno means sour, you know, tiras, tiri, cheese. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. It, it, mm-hmm. it's as it's though you're, it's, a, it's made in small batches and it's made from free roaming goat's milk. And you take a bite mm. of this and, oh, my mouth's already watering. It's sour. It's like you're <laughs> almost like kind of sucking on a on a lemon rind. And, you know, if it's cheap, that's the only right. way that I could, or lemon, that I could describe it. Uh, but it's so pungent and spicy and lemony, uh, not lemony, but um, sour. It's sour. as so if mm. you think of a mm. cheese, that would be, mm. and that with a piece of crunchy, fresh bread. It is literally the most addicting thing I've ever eaten. And my husband mm. won't touch this stuff. And that's fine by oh. me because more for me. Because it just, <laughs> you know, I have my little, my little bit of that xenotiro that I get well, every time I go to Greece. And ah. Uh, to die for. Well, this year, this year we discovered that cheese shop um, that's on the main road. You know the main, the Papa Vasilio um, main road, and there's a cheese shop on the corner there in Hora. Oh, my God. That shop is insane. I mean, the huge wheels of cheese, it, it's crazy. But they also do uh, cheese tasting. So you need to book it in advance. It's about 20 euro, and you get to go and sit down in their cellar which is full of cheese. Amazing. All aging on the on the racks and um, they come down and they give you a variety of the cheeses with um, explanations as well as some wine, matching wine. Um, so yeah, it was really interesting. It was just something a little bit different to do. So I recommend that to listeners. Okay. So potato, cheese. Also, I think the honey is is quite renowned yes. and the herbs of course yes and and then um also i what i would i would say is everything that you eat on noxus again because it's a self-sustaining island it's it's the agriculture center of of the cycladas i mean if you're even on you know mykonos or santorini and you're eating a delicious meal you it, it may be you know some it's probably some from, from noxus mm. and everything is so fresh and of course the seafood and everything, but um, it's so it's important to. I, I wanted to talk a little bit about the kitro, the liqueur that it only comes from Naxos. Yes. Citron or kitro, yes. it's called kitro in Greece, but it comes from a fruit that it, it's like a large citrus, like a lemon, mm-hmm. but it's a, it's differently, mm-hmm. it, it's bigger, and it's been distilled mm-hmm. since the late 1800s uh, up in the village of Halki or which is a C-H-A-L-K-I, Halki. It's an amazing mm-hmm. village just to go there. Beautiful, but it's it's renowned for mm. this Kitron. And and what I learned when I, and I encourage people to take kind of a day-long tour on bus through all these villages because you'll learn uh, all about them mm-hmm. and what makes them unique. And it's made from the leaves of this tree and not the uh-huh. actual fruit. That right. is an incredible incredible liqueur uh to and it's very unique to noxus so as to to kind of wrap up that you know the gastronomy Mm. of noxus and Mm. i meant to where i i missed my opportunity about what is so different about noxus or what is the calling card uh is when you sail into the port of noxus and sandy and you've been there with your tousled hair in the Meltemi wind. <laughs> but um, how do you know you've arrived to Noxus? You will see this iconic portara, which is 
the great door that was the beginning of a temple to the god Apollo in the 6th century Mm -hmm. BC. It was never completed, but this gigantic Mm -hmm. marble structure stands Mm. tall and strong today and you when you're pulling into the port and even if you arrive by by air you know to the little airport uh do not worry you will soon be on the paralia which is the main walkway all along the port with the boats and all the beautiful tavernas and all of the marble streets Mm. and you will see her standing there and it's just a really a spectacular mm. site and you can climb up onto uh the sperm where the partada is and it's that is the signature jewel of of that really it's, makes it's, Naxa stand out when you're going from island to island. It's very iconic. You're right. And when anybody sees a photo of that you know that they've been to Naxos. I mean there's nothing like that anywhere else. There are lots of temples and some of the temples do start to look a little bit the same. Yes. Um, we Because there's also, of course, on Naxos, the Temple of Demeter, which I do recommend uh, going to see. And unlike a lot of the other Kiklades um, islands, there is quite a lot of history and archaeology yes. on Naxos. But that Port Gate does really stand out as being quite unique. Right. And the other unique fact about Naxos uh, is that, and and we can maybe touch a little bit on those antiquities and some of those hidden secrets because we, you have mm. all the hidden that secrets. Might have to, that, that, <laughs> that might have to be a whole other yes, episode. And, and you have to really <laughs> go hiking up in the mountains to find them. But the one uh, that yes. I think I'd like to encourage your listeners who are hiking enthusiasts or outdoor enthusiasts, um, because you really don't have to be there. Mount Za is in the center of the island of Naxos and the highest peak of all of the Kikladas. So if you climb mm-hmm. the mountain, Mount Zeus or Mount Za, you will be at the highest mm-hmm. peak of all of those islands. So sorry, Santorini, I know that you're amazing, <laughs> but you're not the highest peak. And there is a Greek flag, big Greek flag flying. My, my husband, my son, I... I have not made it up there. My knees are not the greatest. And my two sons, and they stand up there and, you know, they act like a Greek god getting their picture taken to to scale Mount Sauce. And and the legend has that there is a cave you can actually go where the legend is that Zeus was born and lived in that cave. And so you can actually go there. You can... Uh, there is a uh, an easier route that you can get dropped off at a village called Filoti. You can do this by bus. It's so I highly recommend the bus system mm-hmm. on Naxos. It's so easy to get around. Uh, if you go first thing, and I recommend any kind of hiking that you do, even if it's the fall, you go very mm-hmm. early, take lots of water because mm-hmm. really you're exposed mm-hmm. to this very hot mm-hmm. and arid sun, even. Yep. And and it, it's very hot, so you don't want to do any hiking past you know very early morning into the late mm. late morning. Mm. No. But um, you, yep. you'll go to the bus station down near the port, and you'll see people from all over the world in their hiking gear getting on that bus to go up and h- hike Mount Zas. Uh, so it's really mm. a great yep. way to to commune and meet with people that uh, enjoy that as well. Uh, and it's it's kind of a really cool thing to do. And you can say you were at the top of all the Cycladic yeah. Islands. So. 
yeah, one of the, one of the best hikes to do in in Greece. I, I believe I have not done it either. Um, so speaking of those mountain villages, so we spent some time in September in Halki, which you talked about earlier with the Kitron Distillery, and then also in Filotti, beautiful oh, yeah. little village actually, a, a really very very picturesque town square. And then Sofia, we did go on to Apiranth. I'm sure I'm not pronouncing that properly. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> yep, home your of my family ancestors. Family home. And and actually out of all three of them, I I think it is the most um, picturesque and most charming, but they're all lovely. I do tell people as a disclaimer, I think when I we talk about mountain villages, it's not really like it is on the mainland where some mountain villages are way up difficult to get to, challenging roads. It's not like that on Naxos, not these three anyway. Um, if anything, they are really in the foothills of the mountains and, and in fact, Halki is really right down at the bottom. So they're very easy to get to. As you say, the bus the bus system works very well, but even if you've hired a car, it's an easy drive. They've all got big car parks, um, you know, at the outskirts of town or maybe you can even jag a park in the middle of town or at the town gate so yeah very worthwhile and in fact to be honest if I went back to Naxos I think I'd want to go and spend a few days at least up there because I know that those villages really come alive at night time when the locals come out they do and, and they and, and most of them have uh I mean there are some that you can find beautiful resort lodging there and uh boutique uh little hotels or bed and breakfast that you have beautiful views of uh, mountain views and mm. everyone thinks of mm. yes the sunset over the beach but oh my goodness um it, the sunsets mm. and sunrise and you can see you're high enough to see all around and you can see the Aegean from there so there's mm. so much I am a Noxian girl and I'm still exploring all of those hidden places mm. um, because with mm. my mom, you know, we always would either be at Hora or we'd be at Athens. And so she used to get a kick out of the fact that I'd say, well, I went here, I went there. And she's like, I've never been there. I don't, you know, and she's from there. Absolutely. So much to explore when you come back. And the other uh, thing I wanted to mention, Sandy, for those there, there is a lot of ancient Christianity history on uh, the island mm -hmm. of Naxos that people may not know. And when you're when mm -hmm. you're driving around, I'm sure, uh, and this is true for a lot of parts of Greece, but if you're driving, especially up in the mountains, you'll see these little churches dotting uh, just it, with nothing else really around it, dotting the island. Mm -hmm. And one time I asked you know, a relative, how do people even go to this church? There's nothing else there. So... A lot of them are, or they're all dedicated to a particular saint, a particular Christian saint. Mm -hmm. And so they, during the feast day of the saint, the villagers all walk by foot. And it can be a long walk up the mountain mm -hmm. to celebrate the liturgy mm -hmm. on that feast day. And then they have celebrations. Mm -hmm. If you're lucky to be in Greece, for example, um, they're, you know, on a feast day in a village, the whole villages out celebrating dancing playing music and and eating and and celebrating together so it's really cool one of note for people who are go on pilgrimage um, and would like to be at an incredibly important 
place of Christianity in the Byzantine era, the Panagia Drosiani. Uh, it's located in Moni, a village uh, on the mountain in Naxos, dedicated to the Virgin Mary. And it is the oldest on the island, but also one of the oldest still standing in all of Christendom, dating back to the 6th century. Mm. And this church we visited was commissioned by St. Helen, mother of St. Constantine the Great, when she was sailing through the Greek islands. And during the Byzantine era, she commissioned the building of this little church that still exists with frescoes. They're very fa uh, faded, but it's just amazing. And, and it's really the old meeting the new. I think one thing that is amazing about Greece in general, and then of course, it's very true on Naxos, you have antiquity with ancient relics dating back to yeah. the times where we worship the gods up right next to you know, early Christian Byzantine era structures that still exist. And then you have everything that you would ever want in a holiday uh, as far as uh, the beaches and, and nightlife and just amazing cuisine. Mm. It's all there on one mm. Island. Mm. It's all, so it's definitely all there. Yeah. It's interesting. You talk about those, those churches um, and I'm just looking at photos of that particular church in Moni and it does look really quite incredible. Um, because, of course, whenever we take people to Greece and we drive around the islands, everybody asks us, why are there so many everywhere on every island? But a lot of them, of course, are actually not churches. They're just a chapel on private property or even just a shrine. And I don't think people, uh, you, you might know the, the story that there was a time when uh, you had tax implications or tax cuts if you had a religious monument on your property. So a lot of properties have got that. these things <laughs> on them. Yeah. But it sounds like these ones on Naxos are actually still working churches. Yes. And when um, we went hiking, when we went hiking uh, in Melanes, which is a highly recommended, it's an easy hike um, and you will meet no other person but, you know, animals and donkeys and cows. And I, I mean, you might, we actually walked by um, a home and there were a couple of English speaking folks and we just got to chatting with them and they were expats from London and they were very friendly mm. and they just bought this place in the middle of this village on the island of Noxus and that's where they, they live. Wow. But uh, you don't run across a lot of people that's where we discovered the Kuri or the Kuros, which mm -hmm. are ancient mm -hmm. mar and they were ancient marble. They the Kuri are young men. They're modeled a little bit similar to Egyptian statues with, you know, the arms down the side and just massive yes. statues of young yeah. men. And there are two that are in the Mel in Melaness, and you can it's not easy to find, but you can find them on your hike. And but the vegetation there too. I've seen some of the most unusual plants and trees that mm. I that you just like. What is that? You know. And so <laughs> it's really pretty incredible um, to discover that side of the island. But there are other there are other kuros around the island, though, mm -hmm. aren't there? I know there's there, one. There's one in Apollonas. Mm -hmm. The biggest one is yes. in Apollonas, mm -hmm. which oh, I would highly mm -hmm. recommend. Apollonas is a stop. Uh, it's a delightful uh, seaside town with delicious 
seafood and and food and a little boardwalk and a little beach. It's not very big, but uh, that the I believe the kudos that is in Apollonas is I want to say ten meters. It's very very big. That's mm, one of the it's ones very big. Yes, yeah. And so there yeah. are three, but the two the two others are in Melanes that are. Mm. in the mountains along where, and, and then you can, in Melanes, Mm. in this hike, you can reward yourself by going to lunch at all Vasilis, which is Mm -hmm. thought to be one of the best, if not the best restaurant on the island. Um, On the island. mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And just for listeners, if you don't get to see a Kuros, um, which most people don't, particularly first timers, um, you can see them in the Archaeological Museum in Athens, or at least one. There could be two. I'm not sure. Anyway, there is one, definitely one there. Okay. And, Sophia, we talked about the beaches very briefly at the beginning, but oh, um, I think Naxos is, is renowned for having very beautiful beaches and for having quite a lot of them. I think one of the great things about the beaches is that, is that they are very spread out, so a lot of them are really not very developed at all. In fact, we came across some beaches in September that well, didn't have anything. And it reminded me actually of growing up in Western Australia. There was sand everywhere, lots and lots of sand, um, not pebbles, although there are some pebble beaches as well. We were down in Aliko, Aliko where the cedar forest is, just driving around that area is quite beautiful and quite unique. And then we went up to Plaka. Uh, I think Agia Anna, and then we spent a full day at, I think it's one of your favourites too, um, Agios Prokopios. Yes, yes. Oh, my. Um, Which are all beautiful. They're all beautiful. But Agios Prokopios, it was quite a windy day when we were there, and it is one of the more sheltered um, beaches, so it's a great choice pretty much all the time. Absolutely. And also Mikri Vigla. And it, it, so being that I'm I'm speaking with my wonderful Aussie friend, Sandy, so I've never met more Aussies than I have on Mikri Vigla Beach because oh, it is really? very famous for windsurfing and kite surfing. Yeah. yeah. And it's known yeah. and uh, for that and the, those enthusiasts. Uh, and so you will find a lot of... Um, folks that love to do the windsurf because that is in an unprotected area. Although there's mm-hmm, a side mm-hmm. of Mikri, so Mikri meaning small and Vigla village, it is not small. Mm. We don't know why it's mm. called that because it's a beautiful mm. sandy beach, but it's rougher. And mm. you and so we often, those of us who love to lounge on the beautiful uh, beaches of Greece, the, the Greek islands, complain about the Miltemis. Well, let me tell you, the folks there complain when it's not windy because they come to do yeah. the kite surfing and the windsurfing. So yep. as we said, it's yep. something for everyone. And and then although I don't frequent them, just to put this out there, I, because it is something for everyone on the island of Noxos, you can also find what is called the naturist beaches where clothing is not required, mm-hmm. <laughs> but mm-hmm. you don't, you won't stumble on those. You have to be looking for them so for parents that have children and teenagers no worries it's very Uh, conservatively dressed but you know (laughs) something for everyone it's not my cup of tea but there 
there was somebody in the Facebook group um, a few weeks ago that said that they had been to uh, Agios Procopios, actually, and that it was a nudist beach. And I know that that is not true. Um, I've just been there myself. But I think what's happened is these are people that have come very late in the season. And end of November, they've come across a couple of Germans who were just (laughs) – late to the party and we're getting away with it because there's nobody around um but sure enough the next day we started getting posts from other people saying i've heard that naxos is just nude beaches which of course it is absolutely not the case and uh most of the beaches are very family friendly and people don't need to be concerned about that Of course, of course. No, and and it and it's important to say that because it is a very very family friendly island, and the beaches are. And yes, I know that is. when I was growing up on the East Coast in the U.S., the surf is so rough. I never could relax at the beach. And what's so amazing is, for example, at, at Ayos Yorgos or Saint George Beach, you can have a little tyke that goes out several yards into the sea and they're still mm, waist high mm. on, on a good very day. Shallow. And so it's just really, yeah. you can, you can relax and be there with the kiddos and not worry about them getting swept away or swept down the, down the beach. So, and I, and I also love that particularly at St. George, but some of the others too, that, you know, all the tavernas are along the beach and you're literally sitting at the table with your feet yeah. in the sand, eating your lunch and you can still go to sunbeds. I mean, you know, the sunbeds and umbrellas uh, are all for rent, but they're still only 20 euro a set, unlike many of the other islands where they're creeping up to 50 and 100, or if you're in Mykonos, it could be 500 euro, which is, you know, ridiculous. But anyway, um, some people love that. But on Naxos, I think, I don't know, I feel like it's a little bit almost um, frozen in time that it hasn't been terribly affected by mass tourism it's big enough to absorb crowds even when there are some it doesn't get cruise ships or the very few that come in are the smaller luxury ones and Mm -hmm. it doesn't have an international airport and and there's a reason for that you know sandy and i follow a lot of the news um that on noxus and Mm -hmm. um as far and i kind of translate it's not a english news that you i have yes. to go and capture it yeah. about the the folks there the the people of Noxos do not want to become Mykonos and they don't they don't want None. that that really chill and just that authentic calming grief because they live there this is their this is where they live yeah. and so yeah. I think a lot of the reason even though Noxos has really had an increase or a renaissance in tourism in particular, the last 10 years, you have really all of the the community and the the people that call it their home that are resisting. Mm. There was a big upheaval about making sure that the law enforcement wasn't, you know, enforcing not having too many beds so that people that want to just go to the beach and lay out, have their own Mm. umbrella or towel, (laughs) have spaces to go. And so, so there's a Mm. a lot of that resistance um, and to Mm. to try to Mm. keep it there. They also have laws protecting certain beaches and areas uh, as they're very um, ecologically uh, Mm -hmm. aware aware and, and, and advocating for having 
protected areas. So the people that live on the island, they love their island. They don't, they're not resistant. They, they're, you, you know, they're are as welcoming as any other, you know, philoxenia, which is friend to a stranger mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. part of the Greek mm-hmm. blood mm-hmm. that to welcome people. And mm. it's just probably one of the most welcoming countries in the world as far as their people and they make you feel that way but they also you know they care about their 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 uh home and so yeah that's one of the reasons they've they've been able to i think keep that perfect balance that's what that's my feeling is Mm. keeping that balance Mm -hmm. of having welcoming the tourism and making it an incredibly wonderful place to visit but also keeping the authenticity of the island and Mm. keeping that from being spoiled it it definitely will be a challenge, but hopefully it will be one that will be very slow to to increase. Uh, just on that closing that topic off, whilst it is, you know, I think they've they've coped very well with the whole topic of tourism. It is an island, however, that still has a lot of services, and one of those is it does have a hospital. I don't think a lot of people realise that there's only three hospitals in all of the Kekladis, um, Santorini. Uh, Naxos and Syros all have them. And I think that's important sometimes. I do get a lot of people ask me that because some people have medical conditions or they've had an incident on a previous holiday or what have you. So it's nice to know that, again, uh, you're on an island where you can get medical assistance if if it's required. So that's important to some people as well. So Sophia, we're running out of time. Oh. So we're Sorry. Uh, I was going to say, I actually experienced having to go to the hospital in Naxos after my fall that I had in in the port coming into Athens. So, and I got great care. Well, (laughs) good. And I should add that there are clinics on most of the other islands. So there is medical care, but it's just, they're just not proper hospitals. Okay. So we're running out of time. And as I said, we probably could have made this a a multiple part series. But um, to close off, is there anything else? Is there one other thing? Let's pick one other thing that you think um, people need to know about Naxos. Well, I I must end uh, with what I feel is, again, a truly best kept secret about Naxos. And I think you experienced this. Um, Very few people few people may know, but at the Portara, which is really the iconic place at the, at, in Naxos, everyone goes for the sunset. And every evening at sunset, you'll see crowds of tourists and locals running up to mm. see the mm. sunset mm. because it really is spectacular. The sun comes right down in between, you know, the arches of the Portara. Mm. And it's, and it's amazing. But what I discovered my last Two, two trips ago was the sunrise at the Portada. Mm, and so mm. if you, and I know people when they're on holiday, they don't, don't want to get up early, but I loved it so much. I got up every morning before sunrise and walked up to the Portada and the sun rises to the east and it shines onto the Portada and it's so quiet. Mm. There's maybe five people there. There might be a runner or mm. a professional photographer, a couple of other people that may know, and no one's mm. no one talks. It's a sol- it's solemn, and it's as though you're transported back in antiquity. You mm. see, you see all of the island and the water, and 
hues of pink and gold shining on the portada as the sun is rising. If you're lucky to be there on a Sunday, the church bells will ring when the sun is coming mm, up over mm. the mountain. It mm. is really magical. So I offer that to you. It is. Podcast. It is. And Sorry, yes, we did do it at um, at sunrise and it was beautiful. The only downside is that you look. everyone looks like they just got out of bed. So the photos of you in, in them don't look so great. But the photos of the Patara and of Naxos at Hora are very beautiful. It's a great time of day to get the light right. No, I, I said just one last thing. I'm going to add one last thing as well. Um, there's one activity that I think is a must-do when you visit Naxos, and that is a sailing trip down yes. around what's called the small Cyclades, or most people listening will probably say Cyclades. And Naxos is, I mean, Naxos town is the gateway to these islands. It's where the ferries leave to service these islands. These is a small group of islands that wrap around the bottom of Naxos and they include the islands of Kufanisi and Shinusa and Danusa and a few others as well. We just spent, we left Naxos and went and spent five days on Kufanisi, which was beautiful, very, very different again, very small, very quiet really, very tranquil, beautiful beaches, some of the best beaches we've ever seen. Um, and then you can also do trips further on to places like uh, Morgos, which is a much bigger and more striking island. But there are regular daily sailing trips on offer out of Naxos. If you go down to the port along the harbour there, you'll see many, many uh, sailing trips on offer, or you can find them online on websites such as mine or with Viator and you know, booking platforms like that. But we've done it. It's It remains one of our favourite trips or day trips ever. And, yeah, that's something that I think everybody visiting Naxos in summer or it, during warm weather uh, should do. Great advice. Okay. Well, we've come to the end of our chat. Thank you so much. It was very interesting. You've taught me even more things today that I didn't know myself and it really, really makes me think I've got to get back to Naxos again. Yes, you again. must. And, and probably again and again and again and again. <laughs> and to listeners, John and I met up with um, Sophia and her husband, Joe. We met them in September and we also enjoyed a night out at Flamingo where they had live music and my husband danced and danced and danced, which is his favourite thing to do so fun. in Greece. And we smashed plates and so much fun. all the things. And, and drank a lot of wine. <laughs> yes, we did. All right. Thank you again, Sophia. It's been lovely to talk to you. My pleasure, Sandy. Thank you.